2: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. Just off to my left, Amal Shaw. Welcome in on a beautiful Monday morning in downtown Las Vegas, the Circus Studio. Thirty minutes from now, we'll have our friend Jeff Erickson, co-founder of RotoWire, on to discuss all things baseball. We have NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. A ton of games to talk about that happened this weekend, Amal, as well as a golf betting situation that was discussed earlier on Visa, and I want to get your take on. But let's start with the NBA, where we'll pick up the series, the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston tonight. Now, Amal, there have been 12 quarters played in this series, and the Miami Heat have won exactly two of them, but hold a 2-1 series lead heading into game four. No Tyler Hero tonight. This game went from six on the overnight now up to seven. The Celtics are laying at home with a total of 206.
2: Yeah, a little bit of a high number for me here. Uh, the one concern you have, obviously, is the health with this Miami team right now. We saw Jimmy Buckets go out in game number three. But a tremendous job by Victor Oladipo. And if you look at the type of capabilities that Miami has defensively with Oladipo, remember, this guy was an all-NBA defender when he was with the Indiana Pacers. Bam out of bio, we know what he can do. Jimmy Butler as well. Uh, this team can be dangerous, but I think the loss of hero is going to be impactful. And Boston really in a must-win situation. You can't lose two games on your home floor. And then have to win two out of three in Miami. I think it becomes really difficult if you're the Seas.
0: I'm all current series odds. Heat a slight favorite, minus $1.15, get back $1. five on the Celtics. Any interest there? Uh,
2: I, I would lean towards Miami. Uh, I just simply think because two of those three games are in South Florida, you know, I think this is probably one of the best coaching matchups you'll see in any series. It's been outstanding, uh, but it's been the defense of each team coming off of a loss that's performed very well. Now we'll see how Boston's able to turn the tables in game number four.
0: Correct series score Heat and seven and Celtics and six are the same price at plus 280. Celtics and seven plus 290. Heat and six plus 475. I thought this was an interesting one. Heat and five. Mm -hmm. If they can win this game tonight, they'll be favored at home in South Florida. Uh, we would assume six to one on that price.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think though they're gonna be able to win tonight. I think Boston's well, I mean, gonna if win. You it, thought, yeah, if yeah, you thought if you thought
0: instead of taking them on a the money line tonight, yeah. you can get six to one on them to win consecutive games.
2: No, I mean look, I don't have a problem with that mm. if you believe they're gonna be able to win this game, but when you look at right now, you got game time decision on Lowry, even though he played in the last game. How healthy can he be coming off a hamstring injury? How much you know can he give you from a just being able to run up and down the floor scenario is gonna be something I'm concerned with. Butler game-time decision. I mean, it seems like everybody's on an injury issue. This has been the concern with Miami all year long.
0: Don't you think that the Butler plane is built into this number tonight, though? I, well, I do, and... If, I mean, if, if we get news in an hour, he's scratched. What does this number close at? Eight oh, wait, and a half, nine. a half? yeah. Yeah. Uh, series MVP, Eastern Conference MVP, odds market right now. Jimmy Butler, the favorite, plus 105. Jason Tatum, plus 170. Jalen Brown, 4-1. to one, Bams 13 to 1, Marcus Smart 35 to 1, the injured Tyler Hero 50 to 1.
2: Well, you know, I said the other day Jalen Brown is a guy you can consider for Boston. He was 13 mm-hmm. or 14 to 1 Four at that to one point. Now. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I think when you look at Boston, they've got mm-hmm. two guys that are a little bit closer together with Tatum and Brown. Whereas with Miami, I think it's clear cut it's going to be Jimmy Butler in terms of if this team gets through. So I, I don't see the
0: value in taking somebody else with Miami at this point. The Warriors did something yesterday uh, that the Phoenix Suns were not able to do in their matchup with the Dallas Mavericks. That's win in Dallas. Warriors 109, Mavericks 100. Warriors outscored the Mavericks by 9 in the third quarter in this game. By 12 in the third quarter of Game 1, by 10 in the third quarter of Game 2, they led the NBA in third quarter point differential at plus 2.9. And here's an interesting fact. Every year they've won the title, they've led the NBA in third quarter point differential. Is this a harbinger that the Warriors are going to cut down the Nets and be NBA champions?
2: I, I'm convinced it's still coming from the East. Mm-hmm. I think the way these two teams defend between Boston and Miami, they're going to cr- cause real problems. Uh, I think when you look at Dallas, they're so reliant on the three-point shot. I think it's going to be a, a problem. And you know, Jason Kidd talked about it after game number two. He said we we're relying too much on the three-point shot. You saw this team get off to a slow start yesterday. Golden State does a terrific job uh, in this series, rallying in a game that. You know, if you're Dallas, for all intents and purposes, you feel pretty good about yourself at home. You shoot less than 30% from the three-point line. That was the key. And you got to knock down some perimeter shots if you're going to be so reliant on it. You take 75 shots and 45 of them, I mean, 60% of your shots are from beyond the three-point arc. you got to make better than 30%. And, you know, to me, all these analytics fools will sit there and say, oh, this is the new way. Yeah, well, it's, how's it working out for them?
0: J.C. Kidd said after the game, look, We're going to live by the jump shot, die by the jump shot. We missed our shots, and on top of that, we weren't getting any rebounds.
2: Unless your shooters are Curry and uh, Thompson, it's hard to win 16 games relying on the jump shot.
0: Uh, Yeah. Now, the the odds for the the series... The Warriors are the same price as Nadal and Joker are today, is 10000 Were you surprised that the Mavs were a three-and-a-half-point favorite in Game 3? And are you surprised they're still a one-point favorite in Game 4 tomorrow night? You know, it's funny. Uh, a friend mm-hmm. of mine had talked about this after the game,
2: and he says, can you explain to me, and he, he's one of the best I've ever seen at looking at a line saying, hey, this number's off. He goes, wait a minute, Phoenix is a favorite at Dallas. Mm-hmm. You're trying to tell me now Golden State is four-and-a-half points worse than Phoenix? In what world? Because, he, he he, because it was funny, I was on opposite sides. He he took the Warriors in game three out the Mavericks. And he goes, this is a wrong line. He goes, there's no way Golden State should be a three, three and a half point dog. He goes, they should be either a pick 'em or a one point favorite. He goes, explain to me how in this scenario. And it was kind of a similar analogy that I used when uh, North Carolina played St. Peter's. St. Peter's against Murray State was an eight and a half point favorite against, or dog. And then against North Carolina, same, they're, same, same. thing. They get Merton. <laughs> you saw the same thing yesterday. And. You got to look at these lines sometimes, and I missed that completely on this game. And I realized after did you laid
0: the, th- the three yesterday, yeah, I or did you that, take the money line.
2: Well, I took the money line because I wanted to have an opportunity where yeah. potentially to be able to get off. But still, either way, it, it, you were in trouble uh, in the third quarter, and the game was over. But the point is, I, I should have looked at the line better. It, it was a completely erroneous line.
0: NBA championship odds right now: Warriors, and it built into the market is the fact they're assumed to be moving on minus a dollar Heat and Celtics even second choice, plus three thirty, and then the Mavs sixty to one.
2: Well, I mean, let's go ahead and discount yep. Dallas. Nobody in the NBA has ever come back from an 03 deficit to win the title. So, I mean, to win the series. Uh, so let's move on from there. The big advantage right now, if you're Golden State, is you're gonna have the potential. And I think if you're them, you want to close it out in game four. Um, because if you wind up in a game five or six scenario, we we saw what happened when they were up three games to one and didn't close out, Cleveland and Draymond got suspended. I don't believe the Dallas team could come back, but if they were to catch fire for a couple of games, it puts you in a situation where you've got to exert a lot more energy and effort. Potential for injury also occurs. Um, this Boston-Philly series is, excuse me, Boston-Miami series, is extremely physical. It's going to be a series where it takes its toll potentially on a team facing off against the Warriors.
0: There was a price I, I didn't I didn't get to a market total number of games in the Boston-Miami series. Five games is plus six dollars. Same price as the Heat winning. Six games, exact number of games, plus 135 and even money on a seven-game series. You uh, dis, you discount the five games, right? I you do, don't think- yes.
2: You know, I, it really it feels like it's going to go seven. And I think Miami will have a slight edge being at home. I think it's going to be tough for the Celtics, assuming they win tonight, for them to win game number five in South Florida. I'm not saying they're not capable. They're definitely capable. They've got a great shot in terms of because of what their team is. But I think in Miami, the home crowd plays a huge factor. They feed off that energy, but Miami's gotta be far better than they have. You pointed this out when we came on the air. They've only outscored Boston so far in twelve quarters twice.
0: Twice. The third quarter of the first game and yeah. the and the uh and the first quarter of the third game. Um I want to get into this Rufus Peabody. Have you followed the story about the not. golf? Okay. He tweeted out a ticket at the end when Justin Thomas won the playoffs <laughs> for the PGA championship. Yeah. It was here at Circa the ticket, five hundred dollars on this Mito Pereira who led sure. who led the whole the last couple days all the way to the eighteenth hole. $500 at 300 to $1, so it's a $150,000 ticket. He also said he came on a numbers game with Gil Alexander on this network earlier, that the total win on Mito Pereira was about $300,000. That was only about half of his portfolio. He didn't have Justin Thomas. He had Zeltoris, He had Young. The only two he didn't have in contention going into the day, uh, JT and Answer. And so the question was, how did you monetize this ticket? Because on Twitter, he said he didn't. He didn't. He okay. Either win or lose. Yeah. He didn't win. He didn't win the future bet, uh, the payoff on who would win the tournament. And Gil asked him about, you know, you could have got JT at 30 to 1 on the back nine in play. You could have got, and his answer was, I don't make those bets if they're negative EV. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should have been 30 to 1. He should have been more than 50 to 1. I'm not going to make a bet that's negative EV. How do you feel about that when you have potentially a $300,000 profit on monetizing it? Well, you know, first of all, when it comes to situations— now He had 300000 altogether, 150000 on that ticket. It, first of all, everybody's situation
2: is different, right? Like if Derek Stevens makes a bet, and the result for him is different than a guy mm-hmm. off the street. Okay. So it's hard for me to comment on somebody's situation. I don't know what their financial situation is. For me personally, I, I'm hedging. The objective is to make a profit, and the old adage is you never go broke taking a profit. I mean, I, I, see, the one difference is what I find interesting on sports betting and social media. All these guys want to show they got to, I'm here to make money. That's it. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care whether you like me or not. My objective is to be profitable. It's like when I play poker, I'm contentious, not because I don't like you, because I know you're going to play worse against me. It's the same scenario here. I don't care what your opinion is in terms of, you think it's negative EB, it's this, that, or the other. My goal is to make a profit. That's it. How you handle it's up to you. I, I find it so interesting that everybody else is so worried about everybody else. I'm not worried about what Buffett's portfolio is
0: doing this morning. I'm worried about what my portfolio is doing. He did say if the ticket was for $5 million, it's different, and he'd make the negative EV bet because that's significant money to his life.
2: What? I don't even understand why we had the conversation if that statement is made afterwards. Well, I
0: didn't know where you were going. How do I know I, what your position is I, Well, be? if you don't tell me the key evidence in the situation. Uh, to, to me, it doesn't matter the money. I'm, I'm making a pro I'm not losing. That's, that's my point. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN, and subscribers will have access to all of it. Adam Burke with Major League Baseball Best Bets, JVT covering us through the NBA Finals, and Andy McNeil with All Bets on the Ice. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage, as well as golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily Best Bets email, as well as live video stream, go to VSIN.com slash summer. Up next, the Stanley Cup playoffs.
3: Have you heard about the
1: social media platform for kids? It's called ZikaZoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and expect... Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer.
0: When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul.
3: The
1: six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall. And the reinvention of an American icon.
0: Once Martha paved the road,
1: everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.
3: Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call.
2: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at ZYN.com slash Ten that z y n dot c o m slash one zero. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults twenty one plus who already use tobacco or nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw, Jeff Erickson of Rotowire will join us in fifteen minutes to discuss the baseball pennant races, uh, which teams are hot, which teams are due for regression, as well as some postseason awards. Uh, but first, let's get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Amal and I want to start um, with the back to back series. A strange scheduling bit, I thought. <laughs> We'll hear more about this and no py- hyperbole later this week. But how about the NHL? They, they, they have only one game to play on Saturday, and they want to take it up against Game 3 of Boston and Miami in the East. And then three games yesterday, overlapping in the morning, and then they force uh, Tampa Bay and the Florida Panthers to play a back-to-back. But the champs and firm control in this series now up 3-0, Amal. This thing is over.
2: Mm. I mean, first of all, can somebody please explain to me why we're pulling these goaltenders like you're going to get a guaranteed goal the other way. How many teams have scored with the additional skater and have not
0: conceded? Uh, I'd have to go back and look in the playoffs. I'd say it's less than three. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the Too early, the Blues on Saturday night. You're, you're still in that game. Give yourself a shot. And then who's skating backwards trying to get to the goal? Well, look, I don't think the, the uh, blame falls on him there. No, I don't blame him at all. It's a little early, 240. Well,
2: ESPN.com corrected their little statement Uh Something like egregious error by the goaltender, and then all of a sudden they're like miscommunication. Yeah, I mean, how does the goalie know he's he's 90 feet away from the bench, 100 feet away?
0: I said it, and I know we didn't have uh, a lot of time on Friday, but I said it over the weekend on it. How was Florida favorite in Tampa Bay in these games? Now, I see Tampa Bay will be a slight favorite tonight, but I didn't get the fact that they made the Panthers after getting dominated the first two games, at least... From an offensive standpoint, power play inept, only score one goal each game, averaged over four during the year. How are you favored now at the two-time defending champs? You know,
2: they believe in this Florida Panthers team for some reason. Uh, By the way, is this correct in terms of the odds? For the series? Yeah. Minus $18. Dallas Mavericks are 30-1. to The Florida Panthers are 9-1. to Well, they might score five goals a game the rest of the way out. Yeah, sure they will. They can (laughs) bet. Listen, the, uh, who has a better to... shot to come back in their series, Dallas,
0: Dallas or Florida? Dallas, because
2: Dallas could actually catch fire. Yeah. Right now, mm-hmm. between the you forget between the pipes, between the brain, uh, there it's the Tampa Bay Lightning with ownership of everything in Sunrise right now. Do
0: you believe they close it out tonight? Dollar twenty-five at home total six. I do because John Cooper understands the importance of getting as much rest as possible because that Rangers Carolina series could go seven. It's interesting you talk about that. We said at the beginning, I'm all both of us that the question of these, forget about Colorado and what happens in the West, but the big question of the playoffs is, do you believe in Bobrovsky? Do you believe in Freddie Anderson? Now, we haven't had Freddie Anderson at Carolina. It's been anti-Ranta. Yeah. Not really Bobrovsky's fault. He gave up a couple weak goals in game one, but they, gave the, I mean, they let him have a wide-open shot at from behind the net with a second to go in game two, which really is a turning point in the series. But the difference, if you look at every team right now that's playing, their goaltenders
2: have stood on their head at some point in time to make a difference. And I don't think we've seen that out of Florida in a singular game. When you look at Carolina, when you look at the Rangers, they've gotten tremendous goaltending efforts. And even though Babrowski's done a pretty good job, you can't really complain the way he's played or faulted him. Or To me, I, I still think he hasn't given you that individual hero, uh, heroism that you need to be able to win a Stanley Cup.
0: Second game tonight is in St. Louis, where the Blues lost to the Avalanche 5-2 on Saturday night. Jonathan Bennington, or uh, Jordan Bennington goes out. And that's some cadre with a hit, not a dirty hit. This was not a dirty hit. What he did last year was a dirty hit against the blues. Not a dirty hit The the puck was loose in front of the net, but Bennington goes out. He's out for the series. You bring in Ville Husso. wasn't expecting to play. The blues were up one, nothing Two empty net goals and the avalanche win five, two, you're going to get Husso and goal again tonight. Um, Avs an $8 favorite for the series around a dollar 60 tonight. Um, i got to tell you, I lean Avs now to to finish this out in five.
2: I tend to agree with you. I also like the price on Colorado here at minus 160. I think B.L.A. Huso right now, the problem is mental. Anytime you have a tremendous season, then you get pulled in the postseason, and you're not the primary guy, and you come in due to injury, I, I don't think mentally he's in the position. Now, he could turn it around if he has a stellar game, but the way Colorado keeps coming at you in droves, I think it's going to be very difficult.
0: I do as well. I mean, and Bennington was great in the first two games. In Colorado, especially in Game Number Two, um, yeah, I don't see as much of a shot. I actually think Avalanche minus eight dollars is a cheap price on the series.
2: I, I tend to agree with you, even though when you look at the standings right now, it doesn't seem overwhelming. I, I
0: just think it's going to be too difficult for uh, St. Louis to overcome. Rangers big game. They went at home. Uh, now down two to one in the series with the Hurricanes. I'm all the Hurricanes six and zero at home in the playoffs, and now zero and four on the road. Uh, Rangers get it done yesterday, 3-1 with the empty netter late. Talk about a goalie that maybe had been in his head and turning it around. Shesterkin gets pulled twice in that first series against the Panthers. Um, We knew he had to play better. He hasn't played horrifically. Gave up a really weak goal. The only goal Carolina had yesterday was a horrifically weak goal, backhanded at the net, hit him in the stomach, and rolled in. It looked like some of those Mike Smith goals in game one against Calgary. But the Rangers make it 2-1. Series price now. Now these games are tomorrow night, game four. Series price now, Hurricanes minus 320, Rangers plus 250.
2: If you're Gerard Gallant, and I told you before the series starts, you play three games and Igor Shesterkin has given up four goals, you're taking that every day of your life. He gave up four goals in one game against the Pittsburgh. I mean, Well, I thought, and I said this coming into the series, I think the Rangers, you were discounting them. I, I said they're very much alive. They played the yeah. worst possible series, and they were able to get through against the Carolina Hurricanes. In this particular instance, I'm sorry, against the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're defending extremely well. They've got playmakers on this team. You look
0: at Zabana. Well, they didn't score any goals in Carolina. Yeah, right. None yeah, of the, sure. none of their none of Zabana, Jed, Panarin, Kreider. Nothing. They did nothing in Carolina. Here, at mm-hmm. least, Kreider had a big game in Game Three. He did. And
2: to your point, you know, Panarin doesn't show up until Game Seven when it's overtime. So we'll have to wait <laughs> and hopefully it gets there. If you're a Ranger fan, but the bottom line is they still have the talent to be able to get it done. They've got the goaltending that can win them games. You know, I always go back to the 12 and 14 Kings. You know, Jonathan Quick and company, what they were able to do because his defensive prowess allowed this team to win the Stanley Cup. I think it's a similar situation here for this uh, New York Rangers team. Shesterkin's a good enough goaltender where he could carry them. They just need to get the opportunities when they have them. and You know, the
0: five on three, five on four, you've got to capitalize. We're going to go back to game one where they led one nothing with two minutes to go. And Carolina stole it if if they end up losing this series. Because I think this goes deep now. It may, in fact, go seven. The most fascinating series to me, all is the Battle of Alberta. 9-6 in Game 1 in favor of Calgary. They get two quick goals again in the first six minutes of Game 2 against Mike Smith. And Sisson, it's been all Oilers. They come back, they win Game 2, 5-3, and then 4-1 last night. They've outscored them 9-2 since that point, six minutes into the second game.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not taking the Rangers to bail you out like last time. I'm, I'm telling you right now, Edmonton's got a shot to win this series. I, I told you before the series started, when you've got the best player in the world, and he is without question. 97 is the best player, and nobody's in the rearview mirror. He is that good. When you look at what he does out there and the difference he makes and how he improves everybody else around him, Connor McDavid is, is going to be your con smith if this team can get through, obviously. But it, it, having him negates the weakness in the defenses so far, and the defense has ramped it up here in game number three. This
0: team's got very much a chance in this rivalry. Serious price. I want to get your take yeah. on this. Oilers right now are $1.90. Flames plus 160 I think it's an overreaction. I already have the flames, but I almost it almost begs a bet on the flames at plus one sixty me. I
2: tend to agree with you. And also, uh, what's the price on tonight's game?
0: Tomorrow night. Or tomorrow I'm sorry, tomorrow to night's look, game. Look it's ahead here. It's about
2: probably one fifteen, one twenty. Remember,
0: Calgary was favored in game three, but yeah. I believe the Edmonton is a dollar fifteen or a dollar twenty in game four. Yeah. The one twenty. The um
2: my, uh so anyway. My, my point is, take Calgary at plus 160 if you like them in game four. Now, if they're down three games to one, you're in a difficult spot anyway. Mm-hmm. So I would look at Calgary uh, taking them for the series price in game number four. And you're still alive even if they
0: lost game four. Would you do this? Would you take Calgary plus 160 and Edmonton minus 120 tomorrow? It's not a bad play. If Calgary wins, they're going to go to be at back to being $2 favorite. in the series. I don't know if they'll go that high, yeah. but I, I think probably around
2: $160, $170. I, I just don't understand why Edmonton's yeah. at minus $190 right now.
0: Okay. Stanley Cup futures here, Amal. Your Avs, the favorite Avs they've been all year to win the crown. Plus $155 shortened now because of the hurricane or the uh, Panthers predicament being down oh three. The Lightning, who were 27 to 1. After Game Three against Toronto, are now the second choice at plus three ten. Hurricanes plus four fifty. Oilers and Flames equally the fourth choice at nine to one. Rangers twenty to one. Blues thirty to one. Panthers thirty five to one. Tell you one thing: if Edmonton
2: plays Colorado, that could be very interesting because they can go shot for shot and they can skate with them. It, 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 but obviously defensively, you like Colorado there. Um, this team could be a little bit dangerous. How about
0: the Rangers at twenty to one right now? I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I, I think they're very much alive. That's the only price in the market I would even look at taking, and I have them at 26 to 1. But if I didn't have a bet, I think the others are too short.
2: Oh, I tend to agree with And you. I'll throw I out
0: the Blues and Panthers.
2: Yeah, I think the Panthers especially and St. Louis in a tough spot. But um, I, I think
0: right now anybody can hoist a cup. I think it's still wide open. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jeff Erickson, the co-founder of Rotowire. I want to ask him about that pitching performance in the Bronx last night.
2: This is odds on with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Want more NBA playoffs betting insight? Check out the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast with VCN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. If you want to increase your bankroll, JVT has all the stats, data, trends, insight information, and sharp handicapping you'll need for betting the NBA playoffs. Hardwood Handicappers podcast is free and available now on vsyn.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, you can also find all of VEASAN's network shows. That's vsyn.com slash podcast. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. And we bring in our friend Jeff Erickson, co founder of RotoWire, making his regular Monday appearance.
3: Good morning, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I had a fun, fun soccer weekend with my daughter. So all's well.
0: Terrific. Uh, I was sitting there watching Sunday Night Baseball last night in the Bronx and watching uh, Michael Kopech. We talked about Cease, Giolito, how their stuff is different uh, and better. But this, I mean, last night, Kopech, he's, he's spotting that fastball, 96, 97, 98, touched 100 at times, throwing a curve and a slider on either side of the plate for a strike or a ball. He might be the best of the whole staff. They're, st- they're minus one fifteen. They're scuffling a little bit at five hundred because they're not hitting the ball. But I don't understand the Twins or the Guardians. Guardians lack lack of uh, pitching. Actually, a uh, lot of regression in their starting pitchers. And the Twins just lack of starting pitching. Isn't aren't the White Sox at uh, dollar fifteen? Awfully cheap right now to win the Central.
3: I'd agree with that. Um, you know, think about how much that the White Sox have been going through with injuries. Still, we still have Lance Lynn on the sixty-day IL. Going to get him to top off that rotation. Eloy Jimenez has been out for over a month already. Yon Mankata's missed time. They, they've had lots of injuries. But going back to Kopech, who, who you opened with here, uh, he was always a higher, more highly touted prospect than his teammate Dylan Cease, who looks great. Uh, but Cease was more the wild card here. Giolito, on the other hand, was a, was an early first-round pick. But you know, Kopech was a highly, highly projected guy, too. Just he, he went through his health issues. Uh, he had some. He had a step away from the team for a while, too, dealing with some some things on the mental side as well. Uh, now the question is how deep into games he can get. Last year, he only started four games. He was more of a long reliever. He'd start like the second half of those seven-inning doubleheaders at times. Now they're counting him as a starter, and you can start to see him get deeper and deeper into games. Uh, he's more mature as a player and as a person, and it's really working out well for him.
2: Jeff, the Dodgers are 27 and 13. They've got a run differential right now of 88 runs. The San Diego Padres are 27 and 14, have a run differential right now of 29 runs. Can this team continue to sustain its success with such slim margins?
3: No, it's obviously going to be a little bit more difficult for them. But keep in mind, help is on the way. They're going to get Tatis eventually. Now, it's a little slower than people expected. I think people were trying to make him the Adrian Peterson of baseball and call him the super healer. Uh, but he's going to be, he'll be coming back at some point and that's going to be a big boost to that offense. Uh, I, I still think that and you, you're putting up the Dodgers in all West odds right now. I think they're justifiably a heavy favorite, uh, but the Dodgers, I mean, they're going through this stretch right now, 31 games in 30 days. They're doing it with Kersh on the IL. Uh, they're, they, believe it or not, the Dodgers pitching depth is really being tested pretty hard. Uh, so that's, that's the thing. Can they get through this stretch? I think they are, a reasonable favorite but man the Padres are playing good ball right now just swept the Giants in San Francisco now uh, that, that that's a nice feather in their cap
0: is this danger time for the Giants Jeff I know it's early but you get swept at home by San Diego and here comes a Mets team that never loses two in a row off off uh, some great pitching performances in Colorado and a team that seems to really be bonding together here um, are the Giants for sure a wild card team or uh, are you not convinced yet
3: I'm, I think they're likely in a wild card team, but you know, I think there, a lot of people expect them to convi- you know, just challenge for the division still after winning it last year. I think there is a, a wide expectation that they're a little above their skis and what they did last season. And you look at the personnel on their roster and what the actual results were. But the thing is, they do optimize their, that roster now. I think some of their key parts have been taken away from them at times, and I think that's kind of the tricky thing for them. Like Tommy LaSella was out for a while. Now Lamont Wade's out. Brandon Belt is out right now. Casale is out right now. Lamont Wade is out. I mean, they they like to platoon a lot, and that's getting taken away from them a little bit there. Plus, they don't have Buster Posey, and that's obviously a pretty big difference, given what he provided last year from the catcher spot.
2: You mentioned that Posey loss. I think it's huge in terms of the locker room, in terms of what he brings for leadership for that team. We'll see if they can move forward without him in a successful manner. Jeff, we saw Max Muncy playing second base for the Dodgers yesterday. They move their guys around, like, interchangeable parts, and I get why they do that and the value it adds sometimes, but do you feel like... you know Him making a crucial error with the game on the line, 3-2 lead, bottom of the 10th inning, if they've got an everyday second baseman that they're playing at the same position, remember he played first base until Freddie Freeman arrived this year, do you think that has anything to do with that, or you just say, hey, it's just an error, and just kind of leave it at that?
3: In this specific case, I think it's more of the latter. Okay. I mean, once M- 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 he's had previous experience at second base, this isn't like he, they just said, hey, let's just try him here. Sure. Um, and the, the fact is, Gavin Lux has been the shakier of the two guys at second base. If you watch Gavin Lux throw, uh, at times, he's looked like uh, Chuck Knoblock out there, um, and that, thats not great. Uh, it's just—it was the routine throws for Gavin Lux too. That were the problem. So, I think it's just one of those things that happens. I think your case is strong, though. I bet that that moving guys around can be, you know, a problematic, and especially playing players out of position, you know, when they're trying to learn the position on the fly. Remember Eugenio Suarez for the Reds last year as an example. Awful, awful time at shortstop, and it really cost the Reds early on.
0: Jeff, um, I want to take a look at specific games tonight. The Phillies off that win yesterday, traveled to Atlanta, in a pretty big div- uh, series in this division in that you don't want to get too far behind the Mets, especially right. when they'll be getting pitching back later in the year. Zach Wheeler had some tough starts to open up the year, but he seems to be rounding back into form. I thought he was a little bit cheap in Atlanta tonight at $1.25. I
3: agree with that as well. Um, and you look at what happened with Wheeler. He was coming back. From, you know, he was a slow starter because of the shoulder. You know, this is one of the things about the season that's so difficult. We look at, uh, you know, Wheeler, who, for during the lockout, we didn't hear anything about his shoulder. And then we find out once the lockout ends and spring training is about to open, well, you know, he had a setback during the offseason, but he couldn't interact with the team. So he was slow to start the season. He got knocked around a couple of times. Well, that was basically his spring training. And so now we're seeing him at full form, and you can see a different, better pitcher right now.
2: You mentioned it. The pitching has been key. Uh, the New York Mets tonight. Peterson going against Cobb in San Francisco. Here, I look at this Mets team, and they just find ways. The batting average isn't overly impressive, but the pitching's been terrific. Schurz is going to be out six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, are you concerned about any challengers in the national? Excuse me, in the National League East, uh, kind of running down the Mets because once they get to ground back, and he doesn't have to carry the mail as much as he has in years past. I feel like this team can potentially challenge the Dodgers for the NL pennant.
3: They could. Uh, I mean, I could see the Braves still making a run. Uh, we saw that last year with them. Although I think, you know, the fixes aren't as obvious this year. Last year they had to replace Acuna in the outfield. They went out and got Soler. They went out and got Eddie Rosario. I'm not sure that obvious fix is in for the Braves as it was last year. But uh, I'll say this. The Mets have built up quite a bit of buffer, and they're going to need it because it's not till July that we're going to see DeGrom or Serger probably. So uh, that, that's a long time. Peterson's a key guy. So is Trevor Williams. and What they can get out of those two guys. We're seeing Peterson tonight. His walk rate's a little higher than I would have liked, um, but you know, he—you uh, know—hard to knock one and zero and one eighty-nine ERA. But you know, they're counting on him a lot, and this is why good teams build up depth. That you can have a guy like Peterson to slide in and say, "Okay, you're in the rotation right now." And for, don't forget, we, we're missing Tyler McGill too in this rotation. That's three main guys down, and they're still doing what they're doing.
0: Jeff, AL West Astros are playing great. Verlander's. Unhittable. They're three dollar favorite though over the Angels. I've been watching a lot of Angels games. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been a Patrick Sandoval guy. Can he do it for the whole season? <laughs> we'll see. You still have Cindergard. Otani's been pitching well. You think of that lineup, what they can do. However, they put these guys together. Whether they hit Otani in front of Trout, behind him, you've got Rendon who's starting to hit the ball. Iglesias great out of the, been great out of the bullpen. Does Madden have enough to win this division? You can still get plus 250 on them.
3: You know, the, the Angels are kind of a Franken roster. Um, you know, they, they put these pieces together. I don't know if that all fits. It's really wear, rare to see a team that's a competing team. And they're a good team. That's so weak up the middle. You know, look you look at second base, shortstop, center field. It, you know, obviously center field's just fine with Mike Trout. <laughs> but second base, shortstop, catcher are traditionally strong teams are strong there. because Those are the scarce positions. They're important defensively, and the Angels. I mean, they're just getting by at those positions, and I think that's pretty interesting to see, especially if you have you know pitchers relying on the plays being made. Now they have a lot of high strikeout guys. Otani's a strikeout pitcher. Sandoval's a strikeout pitcher. Uh, Thor, when he's going well, is a strikeout pitcher. So I mean, that might have something to do with why they're able to overcome that. But at the same time, you got all those guys healthy on offense, and it's really fun to see. So I, I there might be some value. Um, I think the Astros are just so so legit, though, that I, I I think the price is justified.
2: Jeff, we've got about 30 seconds remaining. Anthony Rendon continues to struggle for the uh, Angels. 2.39 right now. Can he get this thing turned around? I mean, he's a long-term payout that they've got.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, that, that is a good question because I, I wonder how much hitting for average is going to be his thing. Not a speedy guy. You're not going to get those leg hits. He has been, traditionally stay, struggled to stay healthy with the Angels. I think there's some bounce back with him, but maybe not to the degree that it was with the Nats when they went through their World Series run in 2019.
0: Jeff, thanks for the time again this morning. We always appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank All you. Right. Very good. It gives you a different perspective with the analytics than the way maybe you or I think about baseball. No question. Yeah. All right, when we come back, the French Open is underway. We'll get Amal's thoughts on some early round upsets as well as the rest of the MLB card and our plays.
1: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeart Radio's iHeart Country Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
2: I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. Seventy-five percent of Americans dr fatima
3: cody stanford
1: our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health but by itself it doesn't give us the full story of who we are we have to look at our full person
2: listen to chasing life streaming now on the iHeartRadio app
3: billy eilish and phineas o'connell they're with us today on crew call
2: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network. Bet Rivers is your home for betting on the French Open. Log in any day of the French Open to receive a 20% profit boost that you can use on any live in-play bet on the French Open. The top half of the men's draw is loaded and it's shaping up to be an amazing Grand Slam event. Get your free profit boost today and every day at BetRivers.com or on the BetRivers app. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Amal, two and zero on Friday. One, a last second. Got a little bit, a little lucky there. A little bit lucky. I mean, unlucky that they couldn't get an empty net earlier. But you got the empty net with a minute to go to cover the nice price one, on one, the one
2: point uh, eight seconds. Yeah,
0: they had to steal it and shoot it quick <laughs> enough. Uh, but what, plus one fifty five or one sixty on that price, right yeah. on the puck line? And what was your other
2: game? Uh, over six and a half in the uh, Oilers Calgary game. It was three three in oh, the second. Yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. It was that was
0: an easy winner. Yeah. What you got for the folks today?
2: Uh, going a little two team mm-hmm. parlay here tonight on the money line. Starting out with the Boston Celtics at home against Miami Heat. I think Miami right now it, it's going to be tough for them to win this game after demolishing Boston in game number three. I think the C's bounce back here. And then uh, Colorado Avalanche. We have the uh, prices transposed here right now. If you're looking Avalanche are minus one sixty. <laughs> Celtics minus 310 on this one. Parlay pays out plus 115 on this one. So two-teamer, Celtics money line with the Avalanche.
0: Not a bad price at all. No,
2: I I figure— I think
0: think you have to bet Colorado tonight with who's so in net.
2: Well, look, I think Boston's going to win the game, and I think Colorado's in a great position. It would take an inordinate number of power play opportunities for St. Louis, in my opinion, to be able to dominate this game.
0: All right, we'll get into the playbook here. We went three one and one over the weekend. Probably should have went four zero and one if I'd have played like I always do. The first fives with Tampa Bay. Yeah. They were up three nothing at Baltimore and then blew the lead uh, three different times. Germany has a very interesting um, has a very interesting way they do relegation. You know, in England, th- teams move up three teams. They don't, but they don't cross in the in the middle. In Germany, they actually play the team going up against the team going down, and the team going down gets a chance to stay in. In Germany, So they play this relegation promotion match. This is the second leg between uh, Hertha and Hamburg. I played it under two and a half. The good news is here, I think it's 15 minutes in, you can get under three and a half now uh, if you haven't played it already, around minus $1. 45. The good thing is the early goal levels at 1-1 yeah. uh, in the aggregate. So it's as if you're playing one game now. Uh, winner advances on and stay, either stays in or gets promoted to Bundesliga. Loser drops down to the second league. I like the Phillies and Wheeler here. Uh, first five I played him here in Atlanta, and I thought it was a pretty cheap price. <laughs> Seven strong innings, no walks, didn't give up any runs, uh, against the Padres the other night. Braves still scuffling a bit around a bit to hit the ball and to score some runs. And then this kid Loge has been good, if that's yeah. how you pronounce his name, for the A's. Uh, Gonzalez had a big win as a two dollar dog in Toronto last time. If it was three and a half, I wouldn't play it. But first five, under four here tonight in Seattle, i all.
2: Yeah, I tend to like this one. This A's offense struggles to score, as we know, and uh, Seattle. Remember people said coming in the season, keep an eye on Seattle?
0: The A's are a great under team. I'll bet these games in-game, under, because the relief pitching's not that bad. The starting pitching's been decent, and nobody can really hit the ball. I mean, you don't get too many crooked numbers against the A's. get one here, they get one there. So betting it from an inning-to-inning and inning in an in a under-totals perspective uh, has been good. All right, French Open underway. Some major upsets in the women's draw already, and my EGA ticket looking better and better every day.
2: I tell you what. I mean, uh, I saw Contivate was losing when we came on air. I don't know what happened in that one. I think she was she was down a break in the set already, so probably in serious trouble there. We saw Owen Shabor go down yesterday. Uh, you look at some of the names that you would think could be in contention. There's uh, some serious trouble here on the women's side right now. We saw Naomi Osaka go down. Not really much of a threat on clay, by the way, Mike, she came out and said she's not going to play in Wimbledon if it's not for the points. I don't see her playing any 250 or 500-level tournaments. I mean, she's all of a sudden worried about the ranking
0: points? She is. She is. Uh, Raducanu, as you mentioned, that was a great match. Yeah, she that, that lady that she played is a, was a qualifier. Yeah, young French, uh, two years younger than Raducanu. So they said, when was the last time in a major that a qualifier beat someone ranked 12th or higher? Emma Raducanu. It was Raducanu yeah, last yeah, year in yeah, Flushing.
2: She won she won all 20 sets including
0: yeah. the qualies. It was it was unbelievable. She comes back, she was down a break in the second, wins the second 7-5 and then cruises in the third set um 6-1. Have you put any big money line favorites together like on the men's side like I, you normally do?
2: I haven't yet because I got to tell you Mike on the clay courts, mm-hmm. it's much more wide open. If you notice, even like Taylor Fritz was like a $7 favorite and he went to a fifth set today. It's far more difficult on the clay courts. That's why I love when we get to the U.S. Open and the Aussie because the hard courts, a little bit more consistency. Some of the players, you see some of the Spanish players, South American players have more success on the clay side here. Um, this is going to be an interesting tournament. I, I think on the men's side, it's pretty firm. We're going to probably have, depending on the health of Rafa. And by the way, this draw is ridiculous where you got Rafa, Novak, and Alcaraz on one side and then Tsitsipas
0: on the other. I put together a parlay today that included... Uh... Rafa, mm-hmm. Joker, yeah. Korda, and two big favorites on the women's side. Who do you remember
2: who uh, the women's favorites were? Yeah,
0: they haven't I, they might have just started now. Uh Alexandrova uh, is a was a big favorite. And I'm trying but anyhow, it was five teamer it paid at minus a dollar seventy. Yeah. Alexandrova was minus a thousand. Yes. And the two were minus ten thousand. Yeah. Korda was a little so like eight dollars or something like that. Yeah. yeah, just threw it together to win a couple hundred dollars here. But these matches. They're listed at like 7 a.m. They're going to go off at 2 this afternoon. I mean,
2: what the? Heck? It's very hard to follow. Whether well, it was rain, and then mm-hmm. some of these matches, like the uh, Fritz match, was about four hours. It, it's it's always tough the French Open because the length of the matches on the clay can be really extended. So just something to pay attention to if you're betting some of
0: these matches. Okay, let's get into some of these other baseball games today. here's a game I looked at. I didn't play yet. JT Brewbaker and the Pirates favored at home against the Rockies and Chad Cool, who who's who was off to a very good start this year. I always say, how can Brubaker be favored over anybody? Isn't the Cool and the Rockies worth a look at
2: Pittsburgh today as a dog? There's no question about it. I mean, especially at this price. Remember Cool uh Brewbaker was, I think, a minus one fifteen or so in Cincinnati when the Reds were reeling. Uh yeah, that's when they
0: had, they had, they were like three and twenty-one or something
2: yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, look, I get the Rockies are nineteen twenty one, but they're in the toughest division. Uh I would take a look at the Rockies here, maybe even take a shot with the Rivers run line. Chad Cool's been far better than JT Brewbreaker has been.
0: Yeah. Uh Garrett Cole might get to notch another victory under his belt tonight as he takes on the Orioles again. He was sharp against them. Last out picking up the win. Uh Lyles against Cole. Cole a three dollar favorite tonight. Would you look at the Yanks on the run line here? I don't even think the price is still short enough. What is it?
2: Probably about 175, 180 buck, on the run line. Buck eighty.
0: Something like only a
2: dollar fifty. There you go, Amal. Oh. Fire away. That's that's okay. You know what? Um, I'll allow Garrett Cole to dominate the Baltimore Orioles of the world, and so people can tell us what a great number one this guy is.
0: Dodgers at Nationals, a nationally televised game tonight. Anderson against the Don, who's like got seven losses already. I think. I yeah, one at and this, seven. Yep. Right? Hey, how do you get eight decisions already? <laughs> that's more. So almost impossible to get eight out of eight decisions in today's Major League Baseball. Dodgers a two dollar favorite on the road. High total here. I'm all nine.
2: Yeah, he pitched last well last time out, four and two thirds innings, gave up just a excuse me, the one-earned run against the uh, Miami Marlins. Uh, this Dodgers team continues to play well. Probably should have gotten the game. Tyler Anderson now getting the start here. He's four 4-0, but he's got an ERA north of 4. Um, wow, total is 9 in this one. I think this is a game where you can see
0: some runs. Tony Gonsolin could have went to 5-0 and <laughs> yesterday and coughed away that game. Blue Jays at Cardinals, an interesting pitching matchup tonight. I'm fully of the belief to watch Jose Barrios pitch for an inning before you bet on any game because he's either awful or he's very good. He's taking on Miles Mikolas tonight in St. Louis. Cards, a very short home favorite with a total of eight of them all. Don't you think you have to take a
1: shot
2: with St. Louis? They scored 18 runs yesterday. Oh. Um, you're getting a Barrios who's going to be hit or miss, and you can potentially get off the game if you think Barrios is pitch- pitching effectively. Mikolas has been outstanding. I mean, 1.68 with an ERA less than one on the whip. Um... He's been
0: great. Reds went into Toronto and pitched very well all weekend. Those were all low-scoring, close games. Yeah. Um, Reds get the final game of the series, so they don't get swept. Yesterday, the oxygen thief, Sack, Sack, uh, invades the uh, invades Minute Maid tonight to take on uh, Luis Garcia and the Astros. Astros a two-dollar favorite here. Please Sack, along with Savali, have been awful this year. Totals eight and a half. Of them all.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, to me, this Indians team—they're tough bet against. And uh, Jeff mentioned it earlier. This Astros team quietly just continues to play well. Twenty-seven and fifteen, game and a half lead right now on a pretty decent Angels team. Um, I don't want to lay this price here. I think you, if you're looking at the A's, you look at the run line. If you like the getting or the Guardians, you got a pretty good price here. We
0: should have played Martín Pérez though. Did you play him over the weekend? I played the under in the game. Oh, that was an easy winner, but yeah. Perez had a big plus price he on the did. road. He continues to have all solid outings.
2: I'm telling you, I, watching him last year, watching him this year, I think he's a very solid pitcher. Doesn't get enough credit, and, you know, I'm sure Corey Seager's happy. Very very happy, thanks to Scott Boris and Arlington, losing games every year but collecting that extra money.
0: D-backs go into the Chicago, get three out of four from the Cubs. Come from behind wins. Yes, and now um, Zach Greinke and the Royals come in on a three-game losing streak. Soft tosser, Zach Davis going for the D-backs. D-backs, a short home favorite, $1.15. Total, eight and a half. I like the D-backs here.
2: I didn't play this game. I like the Diamondbacks as well. Cheap price here. Look, I don't think they're going to... I wouldn't play the run line in this game uh, if you can get the Diamondbacks. might be a reverse run line because I see that uh, Kansas City's minus a run and a half plus 160. But to your point, Mike... I think Arizona's far better than
0: they've gotten credit for. They're 500, and they lost four games at Dodger Stadium. I mean, this team's competitive, All that, as you mentioned, they rallied two out of those three wins in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Did a great job, and uh, I think they can get Kansas City here who continue to struggle offensively. Tomorrow we're going to have Noah Eagle. Looking forward to it. Talk a little tennis on. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's Betting Across America.